it's Megan and Kimberly, and you've entered room two thirty-seven. The the bonus. I feel like I don't want that sound effect. That's just like I know. So I don't have to make it all the time. Right? Yeah, I can just insert it for you. So last week we talked about the movie It Follows. Yes, we did. Which we both enjoyed. We did. We both enjoyed it. So before we get too much further into it, let's talk about one of the things about It Follows is that the director took it from a recurring dream that he used to have, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Have you had any recurring dreams? Several. Please explain at least one or two to me. All right. So (laughs) one of them. I am at my childhood home. This in started, Chicago? This, yes. So this okay. dream started happening when I was probably about like eight or nine. And I had it for years. And I haven't had it very recently. But it, I mean, it's the same thing every time. And it, Recurring dreams are so weird. It, they are. But they're always the same. Always you know? the same. And I know like we all have. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, but I know we all have like the same. Like the pee dream. Like yeah. everybody, or everyone the falling dream, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like those are all. But when they're just very intricate and very detailed, it's very it's unsettling weird. Yeah. It keeps fucking happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so mine, I am a young girl and I'm outside of my backyard and okay. everything looks like very dim and like, um, like everything has like a blur filter on okay. it, like an Insta- a pretty nice. Instagram nice. filter. Making everybody right? look pretty. So I'm out there and I'm in this like <laughs> white cotton dress and I'm just like picking flowers and shit. Um, <laughs> things that I didn't do. I have a do. really weird image in my mind. <laughs> and so I'm picking flowers, da, 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 I'm playing in the backyard and I look up and all of a sudden I see like. It's like glitter, like some kind of apparition that is going to form. And it's like glittery. And um, it it starts in the sky, but like starts to come down and it's making like a person. Okay. And I can't look away from it. Obviously. And it's like I'm transfixed and all of a sudden materializes fucking Freddy (laughs) Krueger. And so like it's just so odd because it's such like um, like a tranquil scene before he shows up yes it's so like lovely and then all of a sudden Mm. it's fucking chaos and death yeah and freddy krueger comes up and i'm like fuck i yell for my mom my mom runs out and i'm like mom 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 freddy freddy and so like he starts walking towards us my mom like a g she is she steps up to him and she her like mouth unhinges like candy man pretty much (laughs) and she eats freddy krueger and she puts him in her mouth and she chews him up and she spits him out and he comes out in like this little block <laughs> okay perfectly little little, little cube. cube yep perfect <laughs> little cube okay and then she puts him in her tupperware as you would as we would because why wouldn't we exactly and she's like it was probably right. like a crocker <laughs> like with a butter a butter container <laughs> it wasn't actual rubber made cool it was a cool whip <laughs> container <laughs> and she puts him in here and she's like We'll put him in here. We'll put him in the freezer as long as he stays frozen. He can't. How does she know us. that? But okay, it's a dream. We don't I mean, know. Whatever. It's a dream. <laughs> so we put him in the freezer, and then we forget about him. And I don't know how much time takes place, but it's like we've gone on about our lives, and then like we're always sitting, like watching TV or like cooking or we're doing something mm-hmm. where we, we're not even thinking about Freddie. And then all of a sudden, the fucking power goes out. <laughs> <laughs> And then we look at each other like, uh oh, oh fuck, that freezer's gonna thaw. And then I wake up. 
that the weirdest dream? That's because your mom let you watch that kind of shit when you were little. Probably. It was, you were too young and you were traumatized. Like, oh, what happens when Freddy D thaws? Life is over. You fucked. Um, there was another one that I have, and it's I had this a couple weeks ago. It's always <laughs> the same thing. It's I have to pee. It's the pee dream. It's the pee dream. I've got to pee so bad, and I'm always out in public, and the only restrooms I can find are fucking filthy. The last one that I had, I walked, I had to pee. I was walking to the restroom. I walked in. For some reason, I was barefoot in public. Ew. The public Ugh. restroom had um, carpet. And so when I walked into Wait, the bathroom. I'm sorry. It had carpet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I walked in, like, I could feel, like, the pee slush and the carpet <laughs> underneath my fucking seat. <laughs> and I don't know what to do because I got to pee so bad. And I'm like, oh, all the stalls have, like, shit and pee and everything in them so while you were talking i looked up what it meant to what it meant if you dreamed about a dirty bathroom Mm -hmm. okay and it says a dream about a dirty toilet indicates toxic thoughts emotions beliefs judgments or relationships and to see a dirty bathroom full or even back flooded toilets implies that one needs to try to sort out problems in your life so it suggests that there are feelings or people in your waking life that one needs to get rid of. Oh. So who is that? I don't know, but apparently I've needed to get myself rid of your them whole for life. a long time. I wonder who it could be. I don't know. It's probably Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Robert. <laughs> I need to rid myself of someone because I have this dream all the time. That's terrible. What about you? Do you have any? When I was really little, like five, six, seven, eight, nine little mm-hmm. i used to have this one dream it was stupid it was not as involved as your <laughs> freddy krueger or bathroom dream i was in the car and my parents when i was little they had a minivan like a windstar you know with oh, a sliding yeah. door the one sliding door too we weren't cool enough for the two oh, just it was the, one. the old school one sliding door with a minivan and we were we're riding around in this minivan and then suddenly like it's like a prehistoric situation Ooh, like a jp a little bit Ooh, okay and then we start getting chased by a um t-rex oh yeah so it's it definitely a like a jp <laughs> <laughs> and i just like i know it's the minivan because i'm looking out the back window the big square back window watching the t-rex chase us as we drive off was and I'm like, Jeff Dad, Goldblum drive there. faster. Huh? It's Jeff Goldblum in no, the dream. No, it would have been a lot better oh. if he had been. I don't think anyone knows, like, on our ad, because I haven't talked about it, but y'all, Your love I have Jeff. a Jeff Goldblum obsession. Mm. And it's not even like, I want to have sex with Jeff Goldblum. You just want to hang out with him. I just want to, like, I get giddy talking about you it. Have, I want him you to. Ha- well, first of all, you have a shower curtain. <laughs> A Jeff Goldblum <laughs> shower curtain. You have a Jeff Goldblum pillow. I have a Jeff Goldblum Like a throw t-shirt. pillow. Yep. A t-shirt. There's a lot. Book. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just love him so much. So much. And my friend was in the airport and saw him. And he's like, holy shit, I see Jeff Goldblum. And I'm like, holy fuck. And he's like, all right. I send him pictures of my shower curtain and my pillow and shit. And he walks up to Jeff and shows him the picture. And Jeff was like cool didn't he Tell send her. like a voice note it was like hey he kim said, or no, something he say my name, or video or something he was like tell her i love it and i was like <laughs> i feel like you, you died and came at the same time when you got that <laughs> text from him like 
You were so, so giddy when you texted me about this. Like you were dying. It was I amazing. Was. I love him so much. He is great. I mean, he hit his peak like with JP and with Independence Day. You know, Independence Day at that end with him and Will Smith are walking out in their them one jumpsuit, those jumpsuits with them cigars and that swag. Girl. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I need to watch Independence Day now. Yeah, I need to watch Jurassic Park again. It's on Netflix. It is. God, I love Jurassic Park. I've seen that movie probably a hundred times. So it many. Never it never gets, gets old. old. It's so good. I could quote that whole movie. I love it so Dad much. <laughs> I love it. Before we get too excited about Jeff Goldblum yes. and JP, let's talk about a couple theories that It Follows could be about. All right. So... You know, this movie is super ambiguous, whether it's the time period, the meaning, everything. everything about it. And so there's so many theories about what the movie actually represents. Right. Um, one of them is like the trauma of abuse. So one theory is that the, mu- the movie is about the trauma that follows you after um, you've endured some type of abuse. So if you right. think about it, Hugh, like he lies to Jay about the dangers of sleeping with him. And then he fucking abandons her, mm-hmm. drops her off, pieces out. He also and, like drugs her yeah. and ties her up. Assaults her in the way, in the fact that he ties her up and yeah. stuff. Like, it's and traumatic. It's super traumatic. And because of this trauma, like Jay is haunted by the event. And that rep- that is represented by like the literal monster that's following her. Right. So one way to free yourself from this curse is to pass it along to like some other unsuspecting person. Mm-hmm. And this perpetuates the notion that people who are abused process their trauma by becoming abusers themselves. Which is a common, I don't know if stereotype is the right word, but it's a common trope that mm-hmm. if you were abused as a child, you will grow up to be an abuser. Yeah. Whether it's like the same kind of abuse that you or, endured yeah, or, or just some, something yeah. different, but you're you will, taking it out on someone else. Exactly. You take like your you trauma out on somebody sure. else. So, like, Jay, she uses her friends to help kind of carry the burden of this curse where seemingly heal. He tried to take it all on his own. Right. Um, and it, he doesn't seem to have any friends or. No, no he has a, I mean, his mom is, seems, they seem close or whatever, but obviously. He left his home for several days, at least. <laughs> hold up in this shithole. Right. Like, and there didn't seem to be any questions that no. we saw. Like, his mom wasn't like, hey, where were you? Yeah, he doesn't have a support system. <laughs> no. So, like, that reinforces. She has a Scooby-Doo yes. gang. And it reinforces the need for, like, a support system, like, when you're faced with some kind of trauma to help, like, break the cycle. Right. Because yeah. talking about your trauma helps you really process it and move on from your trauma sure um another possibility is that jay's dad abused her in some kind of way either sexually or physically and that's why like at the end she sees him as like the 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 final final boss boss, right like (laughs) it's like her subconscious bringing back the trauma to her forefront that makes sense it does i buy it it's a buy that. that one is super fucking bleak but it is bleak, but I, I think that is sense. a really, yeah, valid interpretation of the movie. So another option is that the monster, the it, represents adulthood and growing up. And so the theory says it's the idea that sex changes you from a child into an adult. So you're a child, and then you have sex, and you become an adult. And the movie has a lack kind of of parental figures. Yes, we see Greg 
Greg's mom and Hugh's mom, and we see Jay and Kelly's mom, but, but none of them are present. involved or present in their children's lives. So these children, and they are children, whether or not they're 21, these young adults mm-hmm. are left to grow up on their own and deal with their, you know, becoming an adult on their own. And also, you know, since Jay and Kelly's mom is an alcoholic, she's, that's another kind of, I want to say it brings in the trauma from the other option. Yeah, I think it does. You know, and that, but it's another way that says, okay, you have to grow up on your own. You have to be an adult, even if you're a teenager, because the parent can't be an adult because they're too busy being a drunk, you know, which is terrible, but, but it forces them to grow up and find a solution to their own issues and entering adulthood and her trouble which is the monster it begins after she has sex and quote unquote becomes an adult becomes an adult so another theory that this movie um represents the idea that like death is inevitable um the monster and it follows it's slow moving it's unstoppable it's making its way slowly to you when it catches you when if it's pretty much just when it's when yeah you cannot run it. You can't buy yourself any more time. And you can't run from it forever. Like, one day, death is going to catch you. It's going to catch all of us. Right. So, like, this theory makes the movie even more scary because it's yeah. something that we will all have to face at one point Right. In time. It's not something that only people who contract this monster are going to have to deal with. We're all going to have to face death eventually, unless you're a vampire. Yes. Okay, and so the next one is the STD, HIV, sex angle. And this is the, um, I think this is kind of the most overt possibility of yeah, something that the, could. the common interpretation trope that we've seen over and over. Well, right. So the common trope is that if you don't have sex in the horror movie, you will survive the movie. Right. Scream taught us that, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> And since this monster passes via a hookup, that kind of reinforces this theme that if you don't have sex, you'll survive. And the director and writer, David Robert Mitchell, he rejected this theory of it being about sex and sex being quote unquote bad, saying that, you know, that's kind of a puritanical viewpoint. He didn't want to make that a puritanical film. It was basically just, I had this weird recurring nightmare. I made it into a horror movie. Interpret it how you will. But the other edu- the other angle of the sex STD theory is that, so I don't know about in Europe or in Latin America or Africa or Asia or other countries, but the American educational system really kind of fails kids regarding sex ed mm-hmm. in general. The majority of sex ed classes are abstinence, abstinence is your only. best That's choice. That's what I was taught. Right. Well, in Texas. Yes. They will, you know, they'll teach you about sex, but it's like, if you have sex, you're going to get this disease. You will get herpes. Yeah, you're going to get syphilis and die. So good luck to you. Or you're going to get pregnant Mm -hmm. at 15. And your life's going to be shit. They paint this horrid picture. It's horrible. So the monster in this movie comes directly from sex. So it reinforces that whole idea that you're picking up an STD or this monster from sex. It's not shown in the movie, but we're kind of led to believe that all the sex is unprotected Mm -hmm. and therefore, of course, scarier and more threatening. And the monster always looks, it's like, it looks like a real person. It's not some scary, 
obviously terrifying person that you see like when you're at the gas station late at night it's just like Like, the idea that like you can have sex with anyone that's what they told us in a sex ed right like right this person never know they're not going to be like dirty or whatever it could be your classmate it could be anyone it could be your yeah your your boyfriend your girlfriend your friend that you you know you've known for years could have AIDS in your life, and you, you know, like they were trying to terrify you with AIDS. And when we were like, when we were when I was in high school, of course, it was it was much scarier because they didn't have the medicines they mm-hmm. have now, where you can live and thrive with it. But you know, at the time I was in high school, it was more of a of a death sentence, honestly, which yeah. was sad and really scary, you know. But I think they really honed in on it unnecessarily. Right? They really, yeah, they were really like jabbed it into you. Like no one taught us, like okay, well, this like if you protect yourself in these ways, like this is how you can prevent it. It was always just like if you fuck, you're gonna get it. You're dying. You're gonna die. Good luck to you. <laughs> Don't do it. Cool. Yeah. So after Jay's first sexual encounter with Hugh, we see her looking at herself in the bathroom mirror, and specifically, she looks down into her panties, and she appears like she's. You know, a little concerned. Like, she's trying to determine if she can tell that she has mm-hmm. now contracted this, you know, disease, disease, quote, unquote. So, I have one more theory that's not on our list. Oh, do share. This is my theory. It's not well thought out. I will tell you that. <laughs> I will tell you but what I still want to hear it. Okay, so, as we discussed in the episode, Jay never seems to have an orgasm okay so my theory is that this curse started with a woman an unfulfilled woman and she was maybe she had a boyfriend maybe she had a husband we don't know but she was never giving off and she became so irritated that she managed to somehow through you know lady witchcraft Mm -hmm. conjure this it it this monster and it goes after men and who don't have ladies finish and you know the women who have sex with them yeah obviously that's a that's a pretty good one my theory jay just looks so bored every time unsatisfied i can tell you that i have definitely had an encounter where i was looking over at the clock like (laughs) when will this be over when um and and it would have come it would have got me i don't know what do y'all think is the theme of this movie yeah tell us your theory tell us what you think so next week as we discussed last week, but I'm going to tell you again because it's just so exciting. I'm so excited. Next week we're doing Scream. Yay! Drew Barrymore, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. Oh my God, Courtney Cox and that blonde, stripy hair and those thin lips. Get it, girl. Get it. <laughs> and that bright, like lime green suit that she has on oh, at one point. Oh, man. Oh, it's so good. What was the blonde girl's name? Tatum O'Neill? Ta- no, not Tatum O'Neill. What is her name? Damn it. Her name is Tatum in the movie, Tatum. but her oh, name is okay. Rose Tatum. McGowan yes, in real that's life. that's it. Yeah. Rose McGowan. And those nipples in that garage. Those nipples. We'll get into Ridge. Oh I love God. all of it. It's so good. <laughs> Matthew Lillard. Oh. This is Matthew Lillard's best role, besides when he it played really Shaggy, is. which he was made for, honestly. He is Shaggy. Oh, my God. This is going to be so much fun. I can't I wait. I can't wait. All right, guys. Until we see you for Scream, stay safe. Wear your mask. Bye. Bye.